Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and check out the DGA website at dga.org to watch or listen to hours of content, such as past episodes of The Director's Cut, videos of the Guild's 75th anniversary celebration, and long-form interviews from our visual history program. You can access it all for free by going to the website and hovering over the Craft tab. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Daniel Adams' new comedy, An L.A. Minute. In a satirical look at fame, the film tells the story of Ted Gold, a former Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist who gave up being a serious writer to cash in by penning trashy bestsellers. His world is shaken when he meets Velocity, a young, beautiful, and homeless performance artist whose passion and integrity inspires him to follow her example. In addition to an L.A. Minute, Mr. Adams' credits include the feature films The Light Keepers, The Golden Boys, The Mouse, Primary Motive, and A Fool and His Money. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Adams spoke with director Bill Fishman about filming an L.A. Minute. During their discussion, Mr. Adams talks about the changes he made when the film's setting switched from New York to L.A., the constraints and benefits of shooting on film with a low budget, and the inspiration behind opening the film with the song Wash Your Hands by Herschel Lamont. Well, you mentioned that uh, you had uh, 15 days to shoot this and that also when we were in the back talking that you, uh, it's such an L.A.-centric film, uh, yet you shot it in Savannah, Georgia for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I thought it might be interesting to talk about uh, what it was like to, to, to shoot such a particularly L.A. film uh, in a place like that, uh, what the challenges were, uh, how much uh, crew you took down and how they treated you? Uh, well, uh, the people there are great. Um, we shot in, shot in Savannah, Georgia, because obviously Georgia's the place for, uh, you know, uh, film incentives. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have them for independent films here in, in, in uh, California. But, uh, uh, you know, they, the, the incentive program they here, have here heavily favors the studios, not, not the indies. Uh, so we had to go there, and then of course we uh, shot here to to sell it as LA. We did a lot of exteriors here, but uh, um, but uh, you know, if I had to do it over again, you know, <laughs> it would be uh, you know Savannah. You know, the, there was sort of a dearth of of uh, of of crew. We had to import from LA and and uh, Atlanta. And uh, all the keys were from L.A. Um, and then we, um, uh, and uh, there were some people. And what's interesting is, uh, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but um, it was, we were worried about getting a film loader because, you know, a, a shoot on 35. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, um, they, we, we figured we'd have to go to the, uh, the uh, the retirement home in Woodland Hills to get a, a film loader, uh, but um, well that's where they found me. So, uh, but uh, so we um, 
it, it turns out uh, The Walking Dead shoots on Super 16, and there were a ton of crew there that actually know how to shoot on, uh, how, know how to shoot on, on film. So, and there's a, there's a great film lab there, Crawford Lab in Atlanta. We had to have a film runner run every four hours, every, have a four-hour drive every, every couple of days. Scary. <laughs> we, hadn't, we had good insurance, so. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, you know, it, it, if I, I'd shoot in Savannah again if I, the film took place in Savannah or in Georgia, but I don't know. Taking place in L.A., I think I'd probably uh, pick another location. You mentioned uh, shooting on film. Uh, that's something that I actually haven't done in a while. So, is there uh, another way to shoot? <laughs> there... uh, well, you know, it depends. I mean, uh, I, I know that on the larger films, they, you know, they're still able to shoot on on film. But on shooting something like this, which is a smaller budgeted film, it must have been a bit of a challenge. I would expect. Uh, to have the same kind of workflow, um, and maybe you know, I know there's directors here. You may ha maybe talk about the the workflow uh, on a lower budget film with uh, with film uh, instead of digital. Well, um, first of all, because uh, if you do a low budget film, um, you only have a certain amount of of, um, of stock to work with, so you have to keep your ratio pretty low. Um, and especially on this budget, uh, uh, on my um, other movies, because uh, I've always shot on 35, my ratio was like 10 to 1 or 12 to 1, and I think I shot this 6 to 1. Mm. Uh, so it was that, that's pretty crazy. So, um, you, know, uh, you know, we were running and gunning a lot. And, uh, but, um, uh, you, know, and, and, you know, as I said, I got half my shot list, it was a good day. Uh, but... Um, as far as the workflow, and uh, it was, uh, well, first of all, I, I'm much more comfortable shooting on film. So um, uh, I just just like, um, I, I was in this room and doing a Q&A, there's a Q&A with, with Steven Spielberg, and he said, uh, shooting on film as opposed to video, it's the difference between uh, painting with acrylic as opposed to oil, you know, and, and there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of uh, 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 truth to that, but I think, but I think what I love about it is, you uh, before you do a take, uh, because you you're limited in the amount of stock that you have. When right before you do a take, you need to make sure that you're really well rehearsed. Whereas on video, you um, you know you, you you shoot the rehearsals. You shoot. I've I've seen where they 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 move the camera. And the, the camera's still running. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you're 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 moving it. Uh, so, uh, with, with with film, you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until you're ready to to do a take because uh, the film stock is so precious, especially on a low budget. So, um, so as a result, um, everybody appreciates it. The actors appreciate it. The crew appreciates it um, because. They know that their their the best their best work is going to be shot, and the the rehearsals won't be. So, for example, you know, a dolly grip or a or a camera operator, um, if they um, uh, you know if if they want to get that camera move uh, down perfectly before we do a take, because otherwise, uh, if they make a mistake, 
that could end up in the film because we're we're shooting rehearsals, we're doing everything. So, so, so there's an appreciation, um, I think, from both the crew and the and the cast uh, to 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 shoot uh, on film. And it's just, I mean, I suppose the argument is, yeah, you could do the same thing, just not do a take. <laughs> but the but the but the um, the great thing is is that uh, because you're shooting on film, you have that excuse to to everyone to say this is how it has to be done, no exceptions. You know, we we're going to get this right before we actually do a take. Yeah. So, uh, so in working with the actors, um, I thought there was really great uh, casting in this. I thought the actors were were really uh, terrific. Um, how did you uh, go about casting this film? Did you, uh, you know, go through auditions or uh, work with the casting director um, where you cast Gabriel and Kiersey? Yeah, well, Gabriel and Kiersey were both sort of, uh, I mean, I was working originally with, with a casting director that I work with all the time, Sheila Jaffe, and, and, uh, and then we used someone locally when we went to uh, Savannah. Um, but but it, as it turns out, Gabriel, um, uh, I had known him from years ago, and Ratso, my co-writer, uh, we, we had shared an office years ago with a um, uh, production office with um, George Barkin and Ellen Barkin, and Ellen was married to to Gabriel at the time, so we, we got to know him back then, uh, Ratso more than me. So, so it was sort of going back to an old friend kind of thing. Uh, as far as uh, Kiersey was concerned, uh, it was a very tough role to cast, and um, it was weird. I, I, my, my son, who's a stand-up comedian, um, and uh, in fact, he's he's at he's at the Hollywood Improv tonight, probably telling a joke while while we're here. Uh, but he, um, uh, I asked him because he's sort of you know as a twenty-something, he knows that who's hot and who's not sort of thing. And I said, well, so who? Who would be right for this role that you know of that that uh, uh, that you think uh, uh, is really hot right now? And he didn't even flinch. He said, "Kiersey Clemens." And I was like, "Who's that?" And he said, uh, "He said, well, go see Dope." And she was the female lead in Dope. And I said, "Well, I did see Dope. In fact, I saw it here." And uh, um, and she uh, and I said, "I didn't think of her because it was such a different character than what." Velocity is, and uh, and and so I said, I, you know, I don't, I'd have to see another stuff. Can she? And 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 he was like, Dad, you know, she's an actress. She can do whatever, you know. And he had to school me a little bit, you know. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I saw her in other stuff, and she just blew me away. And she's, you know, she's one of the hottest actresses right now, and she's she's gonna be coming out in the Flash and the Zorro movie, and the, she's got the. Jason Blum movie coming out where she's the lead and she's she's just she's on fire right now and and rightly so when we were shooting this she was 22 years old and uh, she was just as professional as any 40 um, year veteran that I've ever worked with in fact one of them's out there Sally who's the, Sally Kirkland's there so I worked with 20 years ago Sally she Kiersey is rivaling your your ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, that's a good. So, was anything from uh, this script uh, based in in real events that you you know kind of used? Um, well, uh, you all know what a MacGuffin is. You know the the uh, 
obviously we're a room full of filmmakers. Uh, so uh, we were, um, Ratso and I were just, uh, had dinner with uh, a mutual a friend of ours, uh, he's more Ratso's friend than mine, uh, Kinky Friedman. Uh, I don't know if you remember Kinky Friedman and the Texas Jew Boys, you know, he's a country and western singer. But uh, Kinky had, had, we had, had dinner and Kinky was a little, uh, had a little bit too much to drink and we were walking down Central Park South and a guy, uh, he kept getting accosted by homeless people, um, excuse me, urban outdoorsman. But in any case, so uh, he, he kept getting accosted and he kept giving out money to people and, and then he, the last guy he gave all his change to and he said something sarcastic and uh, being uh, sort of drunk, he started yelling at the guy and then we walked on and then he, he was like, um, oh, you know, I feel badly. I shouldn't have, you know. So he wanted to go back and find. We for, for about ten minutes, we tried to find the homeless guy, and we, we couldn't find him to apologize. But um, so we thought, well, that's that's a MacGuffin for a great, you know, <laughs> for something. And then we, you know, so Ratso and I sat down. We did an outline, and uh, and then after that, we, uh, uh, you know, we started writing it. So how do, how do you? Uh I, I suppose it's different with with uh, different writers, but in your in this process, what was your writing process like? Uh, did you sit down and type out the scenes together? Did you, you know, hand off stuff? Uh, how um, did you work? Well, it was great with with you know he's a pretty prolific writer, um, and he doesn't do as many screenplays. Uh, you know, he writes books and stuff like that. So. Um, so I was sort of the the screenplay uh, person, and and uh, so I would I would write a scene or write a couple of scenes, and then send it to him, and he would polish, and then he would write a few scenes, tag a few scenes onto that, and then it sent it back to me, and and he and I'd polish them, and then I'd add a couple of scenes, so on and so forth. So it's interesting. Some scenes are were definitely Ratso, and some were definitely me. And uh, and then, but they in the final analysis they became both of ours. So, um, but we sort of we sort of played off each other, which was great. I mean, and at the time he was editor of National Lampoon, so he was he was in that that mode, you know, <laughs> doing this thing. So it was great. So. And then uh, and so that uh, most of your uh, cast then had to come, I assume, from Los Angeles as well. Um, is that the case? Because I know that if you're shooting in the South, there's Southern accents and things such as that. Or yeah, well, there's also there's a there's a, a, a huge number of actors out of out of Atlanta, because I mean I don't you know Marvel owns Atlanta right now. They do all their films there, and so they they keep actors and crew constantly employed. Um, in uh, in in uh, so so there's there's a a, a lot of the uh, of the supporting roles um, we got locally and then um, uh, and then the others uh, um, mostly from LA a lot of friends I mean is Ash here is he's uh, oh there he's way back there yeah he's a member from LA Um, uh, Ash Adams no relation thank God Uh, but uh, uh, so uh, um, yeah I mean we uh, a lot lot of the um, supporting uh, 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 leads and supporting roles for, were from LA, but then there were quite a few really good actors, um, like uh, this guy named Mark McCullough, who played the uh, he, he he played the um, uh, 
uh, the, the guy who uh, comes in, you know, with the um, all the sexual paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes. He. Um, I apologize for that mm-hmm. scene. Uh, he. He. Uh, uh, I apologize for <laughs> a lot of. Stuff. But in any case, so uh, he's he's great. He's a local actor, and he usually plays. Um, but he gets big roles in big films because the ones that are shot, like he he's in the you know a couple of he's in a Tom Cruise movie. He's in some of the Marvel films, and he's really good. And he usually plays tough guys. So it was it was quite a, 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 a he and he did a did a great job. So yeah, I mean you know a lot of, so a lot of there's a lot of local talent, a lot of local talent there. So, so how long did you have to? to prep the movie down there to cast and uh, run with it, you know, while you were setting it up? Um, we had about five weeks of prep, but we only had 15 days of shooting. Um, we originally scheduled for 20, but like any other, you know, we had a lot of some financial issues. We had to cut the budget halfway through. We take a hiatus, come back. Um, <laughs> It was pretty crazy, uh, but um, uh, and you'd think for like just a walk and talk, it'd be so much so so much easier than doing an action film or something like that. But um, uh, I remember the last day of shooting, it was you know two o'clock in the morning, and um, when I finally you know when we were on the we we had the martini in the in the can, uh, uh, Gabriel just came up to me and hugged me and said that was the hardest film I've ever worked on. <laughs> I said, I know, I know, me too. Uh, so or worked for the character, I think. Uh, well, he just did a great job. No, I think it was just, it was a grueling mm-hmm. shoot. And, and I have to credit, Gabriel was amazing. The last few days, he had a horrible flu. And, you know, he'd, 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 he'd be on the set and we'd be, you know, we'd be ready to take, do a take and he'd be just exhausted. He'd be like, and just feeling miserable, and uh, and I'd I'd say action, and he he just he'd be right in character, perfect, to, and I'd say cut, and he'd go, oh. but <laughs> incredible professional. I mean, I remember he's a brilliant actor, but I mean, just just he's incredible professional. Um, you know, just it was, and but I, I had it, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why it was so grueling for him is because he was he was sick the last few days of the mm. shoot. That's about. I one of the other uh, aspects I really enjoyed was the uh, music. I thought you had a couple of really nice cues in there that really, you know, talked. It seemed like it was real appropriate for the scene. So I don't know if you uh, had those written or or how that. How, how, Some of them, how like the om- the like the the song for the opening credits, uh, "Wash Your Hands," was uh, an a song that uh, the, the music people had already, and I they they uh, gave it to me to listen to, and I, I thought it was it was it was perfect um, for what you know. Um, I, I don't know if you saw even my, my last couple of films; they were nice romantic, family-oriented comedies, romantic comedies, and they were. You know Richard Dreyfus and Blythe Danner, and you know, and and uh, it was the last one. And I wanted a song in there so that uh, at the beginning, so that like anyone who liked my last couple of movies would walk out in the first two minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> because they were just so because you know it was just uh, it just 
you know, usually films are, and this gets back to the first question, uh, just as a, a, what uh, what you do as being a filmmaker, but um, you know, the times right now are so harsh that I, I wanted to make a harsh film. Um, I, I, I couldn't, when you witness what's going on around you in, in the world right now, you just, you can't, can't make a film that is a nice, you know, romantic comedy. You just can't right now. I mean, it's just because <laughs> halfway through you're going, what, "Why am I doing this?" You know, I'm not. I'm not saying anything that's pertinent to what's going on in the, the world right now. And that's what that's what a filmmaker's supposed to do. And you know, whether you love this film or you hate it, and uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you've got to take risks. And 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 so so that so to get back to the song, I mean, I wanted something that was just just in your face, you know, um, F you, you know, <laughs> because, because that's what, that's, those are the times we're living in right now. And, and, and as a filmmaker, you have to comment on it. You can't just sit back and, and, and not be, be motivated to do something outrageous. So, um, so yeah, so that, so that, so, you know, the, the hip hop and rap stuff is, is, is incredibly appropriate for, for what, what I was trying to do with the film. And and when you originally wrote the the screenplay, what did you need to to change to you know bring it up to? Well, uh, pretty much every. I mean, you know, New York is a, was a character in the first, you know, when we first wrote it, and we wanted L.A. to be a character. Um, and but you know, New Yorkers um, obviously behave a lot differently than than. Um, uh, in fact, they're quite the antithesis, uh, you know. <laughs> so, so we had to we had to bring in that sort of that LA attitude and LA vibe with with um, with with everyone uh, and all the characters. So it was it was quite a and, and you know we referenced a lot of a lot of places in LA uh, that uh, and then and then of course twenty years ago we didn't have cell phones we didn't have you know all the all the modern technology so that had to be brought into the script and so forth to make it. Uh, but yeah, so it it, it took uh, it it was um, it was went through quite a few rewrites before we actually got it to where you know you could say this is these are L.A. characters in in L.A. and uh, um, but uh, you know it, 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 um, uh, and 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 Kiersey, I think is just she's a she's such a dynamite actress. Um, you know that she 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 sold it. You could tell she was she was who the character that she was. Uh, you know, from a rich kid from Brentwood. <laughs> so, so will you be um, will you be using film? Uh, you know, in the future, is that your your are you sticking with it as a medium? Yeah. Well, I I, I don't. I mean, um, it's funny. I, I, not this film. Two two movies ago. Um, I, you know, they, they, uh, my uh, uh, DP and, and uh, AD tried to talk me into shooting uh, digitally, and they said, you, you wouldn't believe it now. They've got, you know, the, you can use film lenses and you can, on these cameras, and you can, uh, and you can do uh, all these things, and it looks just like film. You, we wouldn't even know the difference. And, and I said, so, so wait a minute. So you're saying we rent a camera package from Panavision for $20,000 a month, or a week, I mean, 20000 
uh, a week to make it look like you shot on a $5,000 a week camera. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we, you know, it, it just, it, it, it never made sense to me to shoot, you know. Uh, and um, um, I, I, I just, uh, it's, it's funny, I, I was here there, I, a couple of years ago, Chris Nolan did a sort of a, a talk about shooting on film. And uh, here, I, and I think it was in the, the other theater. And he's, he was talking about how the technology just isn't there shooting digitally yet. Um, where, you know, where you, uh, you have, uh, you know, if you're shooting on film and you're talking in terms of resolution, film is like 12K. You know, it's not, and, and you can shoot on, you know, you can shoot, you have 4K cameras, but you don't, it's, you're still, you're missing information. Whereas if, when you're shooting on film, you're getting all that information, you know, recorded so that you can, you have more information to work with in post. So even though ultimately it's being projected digitally, you know, with a, a DCP and, and everything, you, you, you have more to work with. Um, and and so, so until the technology catches up to film, you know, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna shoot on film. You know, okay. Well, so. I hope Kodak still makes film. Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what is the uh, and what's the uh, uh, release uh, schedule on this film? Well, it was, so far? it's been out in theaters, at, and now um, I think the VOD is in Jan is coming out in January, and then on all the other, uh, all the other ancillary rights after that. Uh, I don't know what the windows are and the. All the, the contractual things are, but uh, I believe they're, the, the the VOD is scheduled for uh, for January. So, <sighs> so in case you want to torture yourself a second time, well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q and A. If you'd like to hear more. You can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have a lot more for you in the coming months as awards season approaches, so stay tuned. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.